following their third tour of EMS companies, this time in the UK plus other parts of Europe. I spoke to Eric Miskell, publisher of EMS Now, and Dieter Weiss, principal consultant at Informa, about their tour. Boy, do these boys talk a lot. For that reason, I decided to split the conversation into three parts. This first part covers the tour of the UK and an overview of the UK EMS market. Dieter, start by telling me what you've been doing in Europe and why you invited Eric to come and join you. Well, first of all, uh, I have been working together with Eric now for several years. He's a really smart guy and uh, uh, he has a lot of knowledge about this industry. In actual fact, he has been doing uh, market research uh, uh, much earlier than I did. And when he uh, experienced that I was doing it in Europe, he wanted to find out whether I was just a smart or whether I was really uh, doing it carefully. So uh, he uh, checked on my numbers to find out that uh, uh, he considered my numbers and the way I've been doing it very reliable and good. And he said, well, why don't we do it uh, to a certain ex extent together? And uh, uh, I said, yes, come on over and we visit the companies together. And that's how we three years ago started to have this uh, brand uh, which is called EMS Now and Informa on tour, um, which uh, has a nice logo, uh, which was drafted, as far as I know, by you, Phil. Was it? It yes, could it well have been, yes. <laughs> so tell me about this. Um, is this your third tour? This was the third tour, yes. we started, The first one was in... Uh, what in the heart of uh, of COVID, uh, which was quite a challenge uh, when we did Estonia and uh, mostly Germany, um, but a couple other in Austria and Switzerland. Last year we did Sweden, France uh, through Germany, uh, Netherlands and Belgium. Netherlands and Belgium, and then this year we started in the UK. Then actually we saw six countries or nineteen companies in six countries this last tour so uh, it was it's gotten a little bit more and more every year uh and hey Dita so how many have we seen well if I counted right I uh, wanted to find that out myself as far as I know we have done 42 as of now mm. and if I just look at the uh, top 100 companies in Europe uh, out of those companies we have done 31. And okay. some of them, we even have done two or three times. Like, for example, uh, Astiel Flash, we visited three times. Kartec, uh, we visited two times. Uh, former Enix, now GPV, uh, we visited two times. Secor, we visited two times. And Initian, we visited two times as well. Yeah, yeah. different sites in different locations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so let's wade in on this tour. Let's start with the UK. Eric, give me a kind of, you know, I've been to the UK. Give me a few takeaways of uh, of what you saw going on there and why it's actually become a little bit more significant as a 
as an EMS market post-Brexit. Yeah, and, and the Brexit issue is a big one there, right? So um, now, listen, I, we were very impressed with what we saw there. I thought that there's a real, there's really good work being done. Most of it, of course, is, you know, kind of that high mix, lower volume type manufacturing. It tends to be in some very focused industries. DTEC can speak to, to the sectors, but for example, there's more of the military uh, electronics outsourced in the UK than there would be by comparison in Germany, which you know, mm-hmm. does not outsource a lot of that historically. Um, uh, we, I think, visited with six different companies, plus we had, uh, attended an event in London, the IPC EMS uh, Day. Um, yeah, it was, uh, first of all, I hadn't been to England since I was a little toddler. So it was, what a beautiful country. We had a great tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm sorry I've stayed away so long. Um, but the industry itself, there would seem to be a lot of energy. There's a lot of good design. There seems to be a lot of uh, uh, tight relationships with their with their customers. Um, um, what else would I say? There also seems to be an enthusiasm to help elevate the industry, um, to mm-hmm. try to make it a little more known and better known within. I think one of the key uh, at the EMS day one of the participants shared the story that when they asked, uh, I guess, the equivalent of high school children or children, you know, what an engineer was, they said, oh, that's the fellow who fixes the car, right? And they said, no, 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 we really need to do a better that's job. mechanic. Yeah, elevate. And by the way, so and a lot of the themes from England will, will carry over to, to the cool. other, other countries we visited, but labor is certainly a major issue, right? And that's where Brexit has yeah. had an impact as well. Uh, both with adding a little little more bureaucracy uh, to the the shipping of goods out, uh, but also with the availability of labor. So, yeah, talent's a huge thing any everywhere. And one of the these um, companies that are trying to combat talent is automation. Where did you feel the UK sat in the kind of automation race with respect to perhaps the rest of Europe and other facilities you'd seen? Yeah, no, I mean, we see the same automated lines. What, you know, what stands out there is there's there's still a lot of pin through hole being done, right, in Mm -hmm. the UK and in Europe. And, you know, uh, contrary to past predictions, pin through hole is not going away. And that's also reflective of the type of manufacturing they're doing. But the volume, the interesting dynamic there is that the volumes are so low or are lower end that it, it may not be cost justified to automate it. So uh, it's better to do that through manual, which brings us back to the issue of labor availability. Yeah, it comes back to talent again. Dito, what do you think on the... uh, Give me some of the highlight numbers from the UK and and, and a bit of of your impression. Yeah, Yeah. well, at the moment, the UK has uh, about 4.7% of European revenues with 193 EMS companies in accordance to our definition. It's just uh, always a matter uh, what you define as an EMS. If, for example, somebody uh, only does cable harnesses or uh, he does just uh, is just an engineering office, even so uh, working 
uh, four EMS companies, we don't count them. Uh, still, the heart of uh, EMS for us is uh, PCBA manufacturing. Uh, so uh, if you only count those, you get to 193 uh, companies, which do uh, about uh, 2.4 or have been doing 2.4 billion uh, euros uh, in 2022 with about 11,200 employees. Yeah, so that, those are uh, the basic numbers. Uh, we are constantly seeing changes, uh, uh, not only in the UK, in all of Europe, uh, but in the UK as well. There's people who are being uh, acquired, there are people mer uh, merging, and there are uh, smaller companies closing. That uh, has become, over the last uh, two and a half, three years, has become uh, a harsh reality in regards to the fact that it becomes more difficult uh, for EMS companies mm -hmm. um, to make reasonable numbers or better to say to make profits because uh, uh, we are not just here to to turn around money, but uh, we are here to make make profits to uh, have a reasonable investment, and uh, um, it's it's getting difficult for smaller companies. Yeah, and when you look at that M and A activity, has that accelerated post post Brexit, and is it is it predominantly oh. European players that are that are acquiring in the UK, or is it global players that are um, looking to have a, it's, a base it's, there? It's all over Europe. For example, uh, in uh, uh, 2022, uh, we counted a total of, uh, uh, I think, about 45 uh, M&A activities. And um, uh, again, I'm not sure whether we uh, caught them all. Yeah, uh, Yeah. no, specifically, uh, doing... Dietro was concerned about the, um, the M&A activity in the UK. Who's, who's buying the UK companies? Um, well, uh, that's interesting. Um, for example, there was one uh, American company buying uh, another one. Um, uh, and that actually is going back to two years ago. And they looked at uh, this uh, business for, for some time. Uh, and then uh, uh, they made the change uh, and had this company merge into the mother company. And they uh, increased revenues uh, five times, yeah, from five million to twenty-five million, um, and they are now exporting uh, again. It's a company working in airspace and defense, and uh, uh, the mother company is located in California, and uh, they are now um, having huge uh, exports. Uh, so it looks as if the mother company is uh, using uh, the UK as a cheaper uh, uh, production facilities and uh, the costs they have in, in California. Okay. You know, and and, and again, all, um, you think... always see, you always see uh, that when you look at the UK, um, a lot of them have very strong relations with the United States. I don't know whether that's due to uh, the, the missing language barrier. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of exports uh, uh, from the UK to, to the United States. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, um, Eric will know the term, divided by a common language. Um, but I think a lot of US companies certainly saw the UK 
in the early days of um, of globalization as a gateway to the European market. You know, there's also to your question too, Phil, two quick comments. One is I also got a sense that there's also a desire by these smaller mid-tier EMS to get bigger and establish more. So I think some of that is mm. probably going to be some consolidation within the UK. But interestingly, while we were over there, one of the stories that came out is one of the large ones had exited the UK, right? Um, I believe that was Fabrinet, right, Dita? Um, yep. had, had shut yeah, down. they transferred so, all of that business to Israel now. Yeah. So there, there was also, uh, and I don't know the reasons behind that, but that was noteworthy, right? And, you know, frankly, that mm -hmm. also opened up a bit of labor availability some for, for some of the other EMS. But as, as we quickly learned that it tends to be even regional within the UK, so that because somebody, because it shut down there, didn't mean that they were readily available to factories, you know, 100 kilometers away, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's true. Close to that's London, true. they stay there. Yeah, yeah, they don't go yeah. up to the north. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the way that's the way it works. Eric, just give me a run through of the companies in the UK you visited. The ones we visited uh, are in order. We in first we visited with Incap. We then visited Tioga. I think Tioga had the oldest facility we ever saw. It was actually yeah, very interesting. The architecture. Yeah, for old eighteen mm. hundreds buildings. Historic on the outside, modern on the inside, right? Uh, we then visited Escatec Mechatronic. We visited the Estiel Flash facility, uh, visited uh, Jaltec Systems. And then on our last day before we left, we visited with Texel Technologies. Um, yeah. And again, I would say a common thing with a lot of it is a lot of design work being done by these companies mm. too. Really engaging at that level. So this isn't just PCBA, right? There's a lot of that uh, engaging at design, selling full services, or attempting to, right? And there's a great opportunity for increased box build, I think, within the industry yeah. as a growth driver as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, optimistic about the future for, for the UK, um, given the challenges around inventory and around talent, you still think it has a strong, a strong future? Dita, I'll let you. Well, speak. well, they they all still suffer from this overstocking of semiconductors. They still have uh, too much inventory. I thought you know the, the energy, the capabilities. Uh, that we witnessed uh, were, were, were world-class, right? I think that there's certainly some problems. Brexit is an interesting one, right? Um, and, but they're working through that. And that's, you know, um, we won't get into the politics behind that. But um, I think that's being worked through. It's just, um, uh, you know, there's also a real strong desire to elevate the industry. And that impressed me. Yeah. You know, and also to yeah. get and get more people trained. We had a young woman at the event in, uh, uh, young in that, she's yeah. younger than me, right? In uh, London <laughs> talking, and she was from way up north, I forget where she, what city she came from. And she on her own with a, a couple of companies, she was from a small group, had gotten like a hundred people IPC certified for hand soldering, right? And it's like, we even joked, we should put her in, in the government and put her in charge of the initiatives yeah. for this, because clearly, <laughs> Uh, there, there's a lot of activities going on to strengthen the industry over there. 
and I think that you know the business is there. It's uh, as it is yeah. in in most regions of the world. It's really a matter of uh, you know taking advantage and capturing that business now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's certainly plenty of activity. Yeah. So switching gears slightly, but staying in the UK, you attended the IPC's uh, EMS Day there. Tell me a little bit about that. Who attended? What the format was and what the um, what the objectives were. Dita, you, I was. This was my first time, and Dita, it was his second time, and he's. You're working with IPC in Europe, aren't you, Dita? Yeah, the the seminar was uh, well attended, well accepted. You, we we saw some of the people as well who we had visited a couple of days before, uh, like uh, for example Yaltek, um, and. Uh, um it will definitely not be the last event of this kind uh, uh, we know it is difficult for example to try to pull together a european ems event because uh, in a lot of cases uh, uh, we have the problems that people uh, will either not be allowed to go to an international event or it's a matter of cost or or a matter of time because you normally can't do it in one day. The IPC meeting in London is is very convenient because it allows people uh, to travel in the morning to London. Uh, The seminar starts at 12 o'clock and goes up to, let's say, 5. We have uh, some drinks afterwards, but the people get home the same day. And the the cost is relatively low, and therefore uh, it is being accepted. We have to realize uh, a lot of the companies we are talking here uh, about are companies with less than 50 million in revenues. It's not that they have real big budgets on on, travel. traveling so uh, even so uh, together with the IPC uh, uh, and the Estonian Association we are doing this seminar in Tallinn every year uh, but I would not expect anybody from the UK uh, coming to Tallinn because uh, to them it's a three days uh, trip uh, and a lot of expenses yeah but yeah. if I just jump back to Brexit uh, people Uh, talked with us and uh, told us as well it has become a a burden in regards to the uh, uh, paperwork when they deal with uh, the mainland uh, Europe, Uh, especially those companies like, for example, Escatec and uh, Astil Flash, uh, uh, as well as Incap. All all those three have uh, uh, sister companies uh, in in Eastern Europe, and it has become difficult for, for them to shift products back and forth uh, because it uh, requires a lot of additional administration which had not been there before Brexit. So um, even so, Brexit was a very close decision as far as I can remember with uh, only 51% supporting it. Um, I would say if the same vote was done today again, uh, it might probably be only 49 yeah. yeah, it could be very different. Hey, Eric, so, tell me a bit about the agenda of the event and um and, so there were two we're... so let's do you want to the, the IPC one or the EMS forum? Which the one? IPC one. The, the IPC one in the UK. The one in the UK, yeah, it was obviously Dita gave, gave spoke about it. We had uh we had a gentleman from uh an OEM speaking. Uh we had several Audience the, aerospace. Yeah. 
Oh, is that who? That's right. They had uh, several of the IPC people uh, speaking. We also had kind of a panel uh, discussion. Was it not really a panel? It was more of an open audience discussion around the uh, the, the the labor force issues at the end that I found very in interesting and kind of uh, people got into. So uh we had a direct line to the United States. Um, okay. With... No, yeah, that's right. Uh, the, uh, 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 Sean Dubrovic, uh, the the economist, gave uh, gave yeah. uh, gave a, a, a bit of you know kind of some gloomy outlook, right, um, about some economic issues impacting the UK. Uh, but th that's the reality that they contend with. That's a lot of. Reasons.